This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. From our virtual studios in not the Netherlands, but I am in Camarillo, California. It is once again the marketing geeks. And I was not here for these particular uh, episodes. So you may notice that uh, the show is even better. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> but I was off having my adventure uh, in, uh, in the States. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I recommend listening to a couple episodes back. Andros Gets Raw. Last true story I will ever tell. But until then... We have some influencer marketing stuff that uh, I haven't even heard yet. I don't even know. What are we What are we talking about? That's right. We are talking with an influencer marketing agency today. I'm going to be interviewing down with the CEO and one of the head employees. And we're going to get into the details, the nitty gritty on what it takes to run an influencer marketing agency. It's exciting stuff. I mean, if you like influencer marketing, if you like marketing geeks, you're going to love the show. Nice. Well, I am looking forward to hearing it. But in the meantime, Marketing Geeks. Marketing Geeks. Welcome to the show, everybody. As mentioned, I was not here, unfortunately, for this fantabulous interview. I was off, uh, you know, having my grand adventure. But regardless of that fact, we still need to pay some bills. So stand by. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, as a marketer, you know that your website is the most important brand asset that you have for any digital experience. So you need to make sure that uh, you need to have testing and building and optimizing for your site. And that's why there is a solution that is called Pantheon. It's a platform that will give you a Drupal or WordPress experience that surpasses any other platform. What do you think of that? 
In fact, uh, it's actually the only web ops platform built from the ground up for agility. And it actually gives web teams agile superpowers to iterate faster and deliver results. In fact, it's so good that uh, organizations like Coach, Yale University, and ACLU trust Pantheon to keep their sites fast, scalable, and secure. And there's a listener offer. So if you uh, go to pantheon.io slash marketing geeks, Pantheon will uh, give you a special uh, thing. Special welcome, a special welcome yeah. offer. So again, that's pantheon.io slash marketing geeks. You're going to want to check now, that out. Back to the show. Welcome to another edition of Marketing Geeks. My name is Justin Womack, and I am here again with two very special guests. And we were going to be talking quite a bit about the world of influencer marketing. Uh, today, I'm going to be joined by Nicholas Vincent DeSanto and Camu. Did I say that right? Camu? Camu. Yeah, that's right. Camille Lee is the CEO of Activate, uh, which is an influencer marketing agency, and Nicholas is the CTO. So uh, let's just get into it. Camille, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you started this company, and tell us a little bit about what Activate does as a company. Sure. Yeah. So we, um, you know, as a company, we actually started out as a company called Bloglovin. We were building tools for uh, fashion bloggers at the very beginnings of the influencer industry kind of growing. Um, we launched Activate as a platform, as a technology platform uh, about uh, three and a half years ago um, to really connect uh, marketers with influencers across various social channels as well as blog. What, what kind of tools were you doing with the blog uh, with the bloggers early on? Uh, that was a tool for them to discover each other's content because at the time blogs were really the main uh, the main channel that these these influencers or content creators were publishing on, um, and there was no unified feed, so to speak. Um, you know, if you think about Instagram or Twitter, um, there's a unified feed for where people publish that content. Blogs are very distributed across different publishing platforms, whether it's you know um, Squarespace or Tumblr, um, and so we were initially building a tool for them to see what others in their space were publishing about and also for them to build their audience uh, online. Um, and that still continues today to be a platform that we leverage to promote uh, great content creators. Um, and Activate is the platform that we um, provide more commercial opportunities to those creators. So why, why influencer marketing? What got you into this as the uh, method of, you know, growing a brand, growing a business? Why, what do you see? What do you see in influencer marketing that's better than the other alternatives out there? Um, so we fell into influencer marketing, I would say, you know, we um, had this tool, blog Levin, that was built for creators. We got uh, brands coming to us, asking us for introductions to certain bloggers that they saw on blog Levin. Um, and that was really where it all began. And we were kind of, you know, doing this manually initially. And then, um, you know, we started building out a technology to really support that. Um, I'm actually joined by Nick, our CTO, um, who does a lot of work in really, you know, figuring out what are the things that need to be built to really support this very, um, uh, you know, it's a very decentralized space. There's a lot, hundreds of thousands of creators out there across all different spectrums, across all different social platforms. So that's how we... Um, how we got into the space as a marketing channel. I think that there are, um, you know, the, you know, if you're thinking about uh, targeting today's consumer, um, social media broadly, you know, paid social ads on social media is a great way to reach that audience. Um, your traditional channels are fragmenting, whether it's, you know, uh, print 
or um, even TV. Um, but you have uh, certainly other channels like at home and 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 um, you know uh, uh, direct mail that you know continues to live on. Um, but where the attention is today is certainly on social, um, and you can get to them with paid social, or you can work with uh, creators on these social platforms to share your story as a brand. So is that kind of with your company, when you connect a brand or business with a, with an influencer, how do you leverage influencers specifically to, to build up uh, brand equity for a client? Hi, this is Nick. Um, so activate is a platform and a marketplace. We have a large number of influencers that are on our platform looking for opportunities to work with brands that they admire um, and whose messaging, you know, they're comfortable standing behind and advocating for. And we also have on that marketplace brands and, uh, you know, they will pitch an idea out there. This is what we're looking to accomplish. And influencers will then, uh, you know, apply and say, I'd be, I'd be interested in working on that. And then the marketplace is where they make that connection and discuss the details about um, how that implementation will actually roll out. Yeah. And just to further like flesh that out, you know, I think that um, in terms of the types of opportunities that, you know, we find on the platform, on the Activate platform today, you have uh, a brand that may be launching a new product and looking for influencers to try that product um, and share on social. Um, You may have brands that Um, are hosting an event and looking for um, influencers in, you know, in in certain regions of the country to join those events and go in store and um, talk about their experience. Um, And then you even have, uh, in some cases, um, you know, brands that are actually looking almost to cast for um, influencers as talent. So looking for folks to uh, feature in in their content. So looking for influencers to put into their ads or a media company that's looking for an influencer to feature in their video series. Um, so we're seeing all types of different use cases when it comes to influencer um, and the platform really allows for flexibility in terms of the different types of collaborations that can happen between um, you know, a marketer and, and an influencer. Now, when you use the term influencer, I'm, I'm curious if you've, uh, do you, do you have a verification process that you use to, I mean, do you look at like somebody's engagement versus their like count or what was it like, what qualifies, like, what's the operational definition? I guess I would say like, what, how do you define an influencer in the space? That's a, that's a very relevant question. A lot of people define influencer slightly differently and we don't want to impose too much on, on them. Um, so we very much try to allow them to go ahead and define influencer however they see fit. But um, we do set, you know, quality standards and on our platform. So, um, you know, we would remove people if we didn't think that they were appropriate to be there. And otherwise the brands can go ahead and choose who they'd like to work with on a case-by-case basis. But I think um, at a high level, you know, there's a minimum follower count that kind of classifies you as an influencer as opposed to just a user of these platforms. And and, um, and engagement rate is certainly one metric that will differentiate between them. So, uh, but, but, you know, there can be a lot of interesting factors that impact engagement rate, especially across different verticals. Some are far more engaging than others. Um, an influencer could be extremely good at um, content creation, but maybe they have a lower. Enga- I mean, they, they could have a really beautiful aesthetic and a low engagement rate, or um, they could be very good at driving 
traffic to websites, but also have a lower engagement. So engagement rate is something that we see fluctuating a lot. Um, however, we do surface that a lot because it's important to many people. Yeah. And in an era where I don't know if it's happening as much as it used to, but where people were buying fake followers for a while, things like that, it's good to have some quality standards in place. So it sounds like you have those in place to protect brands against um, kind of wasting money. So that We also want to surface, you know, as much information as possible to the marketer. So, you know, another metric that we calculate uh, on the platform, for example, is what percentage of their content is sponsored versus organic. Um, that's another kind of, um, you know, an incremental piece of data. Some brands will care more about that than others. They may have varying levels. You know, some may say, hey, I only want to work with influencers that have never worked with a brand before. And some may say, you know, as long as it's under a certain percentage, I'm comfortable. And that's part of my vetting process. So we really want to enable them to make their own decisions, um, as Nick referenced, with regards to who they want to partner with but make it so that they can quickly make those decisions in a scalable way. Do you do like a rating system for them? <laughs> As like, cause I, I just know like even in podcasting, like mm-hmm. uh, some podcasts are explicit, some podcasts are not some, I'm sure some influencers can be kind of off the wall and explicit, even though they have huge followings. Like, do you have like a rating system on like, like, uh, I mean, cause some, some brands are more, you know, conservative values than others. Uh, do you have to, do you prepare that kind of information up front for the clients? I mean, um, how, how do you handle that? We haven't, we've never released, um, you know, a single score for influencers. However, something we're constantly evaluating internally. And if, you know, if it comes to the point where we think that it would be in the best interest of everybody, then we would move in that direction. Right now, we're trying to surface as much data as possible, connect people with third-party partners that do a lot of this broad analysis. Um, In case that's something that's very important to them, we pull a lot of um, reports from different people all the time to kind of see how fraud is being analyzed. Uh, but ultimately, you know, we think that, um, there's a lot of factors that go into that equation. And our main priority is just to surface all the information that you might ever want so that you can make that decision yourself and then defend it if necessary to anyone that was asking questions. Yeah. I like it. Empowering the, uh, empowering the consumer to, to make an educated decision. Uh, now, I, wa- I do want to get into, you You mentioned that, so basically you talked a little bit about how tech is kind of merging into the influencer marketing space right now, and that you have uh, Activate has a new sentiment analysis tool. Um, and the brief description that you gave me is that the, this tool uses machine learning to analyze the emotive quality of comments on social platforms. So tell, tell me a little bit about how, how this tool works. I mean, I imagine it. So it's like basically scanning comments and it's, uh, and what, it, what is it looking for? It's looking for like emotional react, uh, reactions or tell me about it. So sentiment is interesting because if you look at a bunch of comments, um, you know, they could be good, they could be bad. And when you're working on an influencer program, we see campaigns where people are engaging a hundred influencers and they're getting over a hundred comments. So that number, if you were to try to analyze that manually quickly gets a little bit, um, you know, unsustainable. So what this tool does is essentially it works in a few different ways, but it it grabs all of the comments, all of that text, feeds it through an engine, which will then analyze for sentiment. And we're experimenting with a lot of different technologies to power that something that, um, is, is, is emerging right now as very popular and sort of a new capability out there in the space that you can tap into. So um, our goal is to provide you with an understanding of what people are saying about the content that you might be paying for. 
Now, if you run a campaign and engage all of these influencers, um, you want to know how that, what the sentiment is around that content. So we break it down into a few different areas and give you that information. We also, this is really interesting. One of them is uh, one of the ver- areas that we analyze is consideration, like whether you're considering working with this brand or considering buying this product. That's one of the more like interesting sentiments that we were able to pull out. And uh, then one of the big interesting technical challenges here is negativity can often be triggered with false positives. So somebody will say something jokingly and it comes up as negative. Like that's bomb, right? And that's bomb is very positive actually, <laughs> but um, it, you know, through machine learning, we need to kind of teach it and, and, and be able to kind of adopt that. Right. What about sarcasm? <laughs> Um, sarcasm is, 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 is extremely challenging. So that's one of, this is a bit of a new area. So there, you know, these are some of the things that we encounter. So the way that we, um, mitigate that is twofold. And one is we're trying all constantly trying different algorithms behind the scene and trying to train these edge cases out of our algorithms, but also we surface all of the raw data to you. So it's not just in the one number, you can go through and find the exact comments that may have tripped over some of these negative sentiments and form your own opinion and modify those if you believe they're incorrect. Um, so if a, if a particular influencer tends to have a higher sentiment analysis um, for when they're pitching a brand, is that then do they become like a more desired influencer and that would be somebody that would demand more money than, I mean, is that kind of like the way it would work in the market? It's less so actually about like using that to to vet an influencer per se. It's more about after, you know, you've had, you know, hundreds of influencers post about your brand, let's say you're launching a new product um, and you want to report on what was the reaction to this content. Um, It will tell you something about, you know, what is, what what was the the value of that piece of content, but not necessarily that influencer um, across the board, because, you know, the same influencer may create another piece of content that drives different, you know, sentiment breakdown. Um, But from a marketer perspective, it's, you know, when you think about where a lot of measurement is right now, it's either top of funnel, which is, you know, in the influencer world, it's, you know, likes, um, you know, kind of broad engagement metrics and, and reach metrics. And then there's bottom of the funnel, you know, maybe traffic driven, or if you give the influencers a promo code, you're tracking, you know, conversions to some extent, but there's no like mid funnel consideration or, or skepticism, you know, like that sort of measurement in the middle. Um, so this is where, you know, this tool becomes interesting um, for, for, for brands that are looking to really see well, how, is this, how is this influencer program impacting uh, their target consumer base. We're, we're actually working on a couple of exciting enhancements to the sentiment analysis tool um, because, as you can imagine, there's two, and I don't know if this is obvious or not, but in influencer marketing, there are two real inflection points where you want data to be involved in the process. One is in influencer selection. Who am I going to work with? Making that decision, you know, of course, is going to have a huge impact on your outcome. And then after you've gone ahead and paid people to work with you or, or, you know, exchanged goods in some way for for them to uh, partner with you, you want to know what was the outcome of that campaign that I just ran. So there's the before and the after. Um, so if we can give you some intelligence around what you're going to, what you can expect, some predictive analytics around the sentiment, then that might help you make a decision when you're trying to evaluate various influencers to work with. 
Um, Do you find that like a niche specific influencer that, uh, is, you know, is someone that's an expert in a very specific niche you and let's say they have a smaller audience. Do you find that they are as effective or um, as like somebody that has like a gigantic, you know, multi-million person following? Um, I mean, do you, what do you, when you're matching brands, you find that it's more valuable to have like a niche specific uh, influencer versus a, like a broader, uh, a broader category. I would imagine you would, I'm just kind of curious what your take is because you have the data over there. Yeah. I mean, we certainly see in, in certain uh, circumstances, there may be influencers, smaller following, um, but a very influential following. Um, for a really good example of this is like um, a celebrity hairstylist. Um, they are someone that may be followed by um, a lot of folks that are really interested in um, different types of hairstyles. They're interested in, they may be followed by other celebrities that they, they work with. Um, that's someone that, you know, if you just look at pure numbers, um, you know, it may not be as impressive as you know working with someone with a huge following but if you are launching a new hair care line or a hair care product that would be a huge get to to partner with that you know with yeah. that type of influencer probably with them versus PewDiePie. <laughs> correct <laughs> <laughs> probably more relevant and you know much better audience uh for what the product we're talking about that being said you know how do you identify these folks right in the mass you know, there's a much larger long tail of folks that all have maybe 20,000 and following. Um, how do you identify the right folks? Um, that's where, you know, certainly technology has a role to play, certainly building relationships with these creators and tracking, you know, what these creators are up to um, comes into play. Um, it also depends on your intended outcome. Like what is what goals are you trying to achieve? Are you trying to drive brand awareness? Are you trying to drive traffic to your website? Or are you trying to get people to actually make purchases and are you targeting like a specific niche geographic audience or a particular vertical all of these things impact you know if you're taking into there are many dimensions to these influencers not just the size of their following but um, we look at all of these things and we try to create tools that help people produce superior outcomes but like back to sentiment analysis if i tell you that this particular influencer um has a you know 12% probability of producing um, an out, uh, a sentiment of love in, in their following. That, what does that mean? That means like without some sense of benchmarking, is, to, is this above average? Is this below average? And that's really where we're trying to, to help people make these decisions. So um, comparing you know, the sentiment analysis to the, oh, the average allows us to, to pull out the people that are over-indexing you know, in particular categories. It's an interesting topic. Um, now, a lot of the listeners of this show are going to be probably, you know, they're small to medium-sized business owners. Um, and, and I know that you've, so as a company, you've worked with, you were saying you've worked with some medium-sized businesses, but you've also worked with some major ones. Uh, you mentioned Walmart. Um, I see on your profile here, you've worked with Gillette, uh, Campbell's Soup, um, lots of these big brands, even like luxury brands like Gucci. So, um, Tell me, uh, I'd like to hear a little bit about like how you work with like a medium sized business um, versus how you work with like a, you know, a bigger, a bigger brand and kind of what, uh, maybe just tell me a little bit about how those campaigns are like, how they're different. I I'd just like to hear a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, with, you know, we're certainly working with a number of smaller brands, some of whom are even pre-launch right now um, that are, you know, I, I guess you would kind of fit them in the mold of 
you know, direct to consumer DTC type brands. Um, these are, you know, certainly smaller businesses um, ranging from, you know, five employees all the way through to maybe a couple of hundred employees. Um, in those cases, um, it you know, it still comes down to, you know, as Nick referenced earlier, like what is the goal of this program? Um, we need to take a look at what the product price point um, you know, what, what is the consumer asked to do essentially? So is this a subscription? Is this an app download? Is this, um, a thousand dollar mattress or is this a, you know, $10 lip gloss? Um, and in those cases, um, we do help with recommending a strategy for those programs. Um, if it is a brand or a product that lends itself well to sampling, for example, uh, meaning, you know, if you're able to um, ship out product to influencers and it's something that influencers will engage well with and create contact content organically, that can be a very inexpensive way for a smaller brand to start working with influencers. Um, and they, you know, and there's a handful of brands like that that use our platform um, predominantly to do that, to launch new products, to to sample product to influencers, and then identify which are um, the the top performers to re-engage in deeper relationships in a paid uh, capacity with those influencers. The larger brands are, you know, um, I would say taking a much more scaled approach. Typically, they probably have done, you know, a fair amount with influencers before. Um, and, you know, it could be more brand awareness, larger kind of, um, you know, a more scaled uh, approach versus, you know, a, a smaller brand that's launching that they're really looking to test and learn and then scale from there. And, and just to add to that, I think you have to look at your, if you're a small to medium sized business, you have to look at your marketing mix and understand, you know, how does influencer fit in here and how can it help me? And if you are just getting started, you know, if you dedicate um, some devoted hires to this initiative, using a platform like Activate in your in-house can really help you because, you know, imagine if you're working with five influencers that's not incredibly hard to wrap your head around managing that through email and spreadsheets. But if you're working with a thousand influencers or, um, or more or hundreds, even, um, you need something to help you do that. And if, if you have a team in house of experts doing influencer marketing all of the time, then you're going to definitely want a tool to help you do that. And that's what our platform is for. If on the other hand, you're new to this and you're just getting started and maybe you don't have dedicated resources internally, you have people that are multitasking, then you're going to want to leverage um, someone who is an expert in the field to help you execute on these initiatives, prove out their value, and then maybe you can double down internally and take this all in-house. So that's one of the beauty of, beauties of our company and where we really differentiate and shine from some of the other players is that we have this self-serve technology platform and an in-house agency that we call the studio team and you can use one or the other or both as a hybrid model so that you're using our platform and we're there to help you determine like who you might want to be working with to achieve your goals and uh, what sort of creative strategy is really going to help you to, to meet those needs. So when, you, when you're finding influencers to be um, a part of your, your network, are you looking at any specific uh, specific? social networks are you looking are you grabbing more people from instagram um or i mean are there are there is there is there a mix of like youtube instagram facebook or like where like what social networks do you specialize in or or do you specialize in any or how does how does that work so we you know we have talent across 
all of the different social platforms. I would say some of the newer channels like TikTok, we are actively exploring. We don't necessarily think about it as how many Instagrammers we want to bring into the fold. We think about it in terms of the talent and what their uh, you know area of expertise may be um, and what are the trends that we're seeing in the space where we want to build out a bigger community around that particular vertical. So a really good example is you know we recently built out um, you know a list of creators that are bilingual um, influencers, um, Spanish and English speaking creators that create content in both languages across multiple platforms. Um, Instagram probably being the biggest platform right now in the influencer space, but, you know, YouTube, um, you know, uh, Twitter, Facebook, blogs. So, um, so it's not necessarily focused on one platform in particular. Um, You know, another list or another group that we recently curated and and built out, um, you know, are new dads. Um, you know, That's we're seeing a me. lot of, That's me too. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's a group that we want to tap into, right. Um, you know, whether it's certain ethnicities or certain, um, you know, folks that are really into wine and, you know, are maybe not sommelier level, mm-hmm. but they are, you know, wine connoisseurs to some extent. So that's what we think about, um, you know, the creator base um, and not necessarily, you know, just each particular channel. And although we do some outreach um, to recruit people into our platform, the overwhelming majority of influencers are coming here organically because they're hearing from their friends that this is a platform where they can get connected with brands. So they're just coming in and signing up on their own. And, And then the second biggest category of recruitment to our marketplace comes from the brands themselves on our platform finding people and inviting them to come and join the marketplace so they can work together. That makes sense. Now, actually you mentioned, uh, you mentioned TikTok. So I, I want to talk about that for a minute here. Now, do you have anyone, uh, do you have influencers from TikTok already? You said you were playing around in the space. Is that something you're still just looking at or do you have, have you identified a few influencers? And if so, um, is that leveraging itself well for, for businesses yet? I mean, I look at TikTok as like kind of a, a young demographic. Um, so I guess it depends on the co- type yeah. of company. But what what is the demographic on TikTok? Is that like nine to like seventeen, or like what 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 would you yeah. say is the demographic? And then tell me just tell me a little bit about TikTok and what you're playing with over there. Yeah, with regards to TikTok, I mean, seventy percent of that audience is um, you know under the age of twenty five. Um, So it definitely leans young. It's a very Gen Z oriented platform. Um, We do have uh, creators on our platform that are on TikTok. Um, Mostly we're seeing that they are also, you know, uh, have have significant presences on YouTube, um, you know, or Instagram as well, um, as well as Snap. Um, Not necessarily, you know, um, we at least from our view, we haven't seen as many that are pure, just only TikTok uh, influencers. I'm sure they exist. Um, but given that we have presences, uh, existing presences on these other platforms, I think that's what we're seeing currently. Um, in terms of brands leveraging TikTok as a platform, um, certainly, you know, they're, they're do- the TikTok uh, platform is doing a big push around their branded. Um, I don't know if you've seen like their hashtag uh, competitions um, that they can I think they, they recently did one with Chipotle where um, they did a, a lid flip uh, competition or challenge where, you know, they were challenging, you know, consumers on TikTok to go to Chipotle and flip the lid, I guess. Um, and they, they also, you know, paired that with influencers to really like, 
you know, uh, take the charge on this challenge and, and make it something that was more of a movement. Um, so there's certainly, you know, I would say they're very creator friendly as a platform. Um, we, we haven't, you know, it's definitely because of the younger audience, I think that, you know, limits the, you know, the, the, the brands, so to speak, um, that, that would, you know, that would partake on that platform at this time. Um, but we've definitely heard it come up a lot. We are starting to kind of collect information on our end, um, you know, creators that are active on TikTok. Um, but right now in the influencer space, we're seeing TikTok more as experimental, um, you know, in some cases added value um, versus the, you know, the core of an influencer program. Yeah, and they, they have some limitations on the type of content that they can put out. I mean, it's, what is it like? It's like a one minute video or I don't even remember what, what's, what is the format of TikTok? Yeah, uh, there's the, there's the music element. It's like clips of videos and there's, um, you know, I think it's done well in the enter, like entertainment verticals, you know, you know, if you're launching a new movie, a new TV show that's done well on TikTok as a brand. Um, but I think they're looking to expand beyond that. Yeah, I'm sure they are. No, because they, they bought Musical.ly, which was um, Musical.ly was taking off a bit. And, you know, it got it got big enough to where it got mentioned in Gary Vaynerchuk's book. And yeah. I know TikTok, TikTok acquired them. Um, so, I mean, I, I look at I mean, I, I don't I don't use TikTok, but I, I try to, you know, I try to do my best to, like, pay attention to it because I know it's a growing brand. And I know it's going to be important in the future. Um, but I've, like, I've logged in there. I got an account, but it's it's uh, it's kind of painful for me to try to go on there. <laughs> no, it's a lot of comedic content, musical content. It's a different type of content that's being created on Instagram, of course. Yeah. Um, so, so it's it's a different, you know, it's a different type of uh, uh, creative that comes out of it. I think, like what we're anticipating, is that over the next five to ten years, there are going to be more platforms that you know people are going to be, uh, th that will be growing their audience. I, I, I don't think it's going to be further consolidation in the space. There'll probably be more niche marketplaces. And we anticipate like that happening and us, um, you know, integrating them deeply with our platform. And when we see demand in the marketplace, we're going to build out a core um, constituency of relevant influencers for our, for our brands to work with, should they want to do that. Okay. So what else do you see as a, so when you're working with like machine learning, do you have any other uh, functions that you see that machine learning coming into play with influencer marketing or with social media marketing in general? Like where else do you see that going with like the, the invent of this machine learning technology where as it continues to improve, where else can that take this? <clears throat> uh, machine learning, you know, that term gets thrown around quite a bit. I think if you just think about it more broadly as technology, the role that technology really has to play is in um, your ability to scale and the ability for you to choose influencers to work with that are going to drive the results that you're looking for. So if you're trying to analyze, there's some by some measures, like a million influencers out there. Other people, you know, would have whatever the number might be. It's a lot. <laughs> so trying to figure out who to work with is definitely uh, challenging. And it's not hard to find people that make beautiful content or people that have a lot of followers. But if you're trying to achieve like true business results, which, you know, you're spending a lot of money on these initiatives, that's what you're really looking for. So analyzing giant sums of data and predicting what the outcome will be like based on past performance 
is definitely very, very important. So you can do image analysis is getting more and more sophisticated all the time. And content is becoming increasingly video and, you know, image um, dominated. So that's going to be very important. The sentiment analysis capabilities and natural language processing will continue to evolve over time that can help us parse out, um, you know, long form content and and comments and responses to short form content. Um, And then there are, you know, capabilities that we're working on to alert you of situations that you maybe want to be brought to your attention because the reality of social media is that there are millions of people talking about your brand. If you're a big brand or thousands of people, even if you're a small brand, um, there are people talking about your company (laughs) out there on the internet and you want to know that, but how can you can't read it all? Um, especially as you get successful. So you need to keep an eye on that and you need machines to help you do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think brand brand mentioned tracking is, is critical. Um, because yeah, it's it's easy to lose uh, to lose sight of how you're being received in the general public, and if you don't if you don't have a, if you don't have a hold on that, that's a problem for the company. Another big thing, just to just to tack onto what I was saying earlier, is is pricing, right? Like how much to pay this person. If you can optimize that and get more efficient with pricing, um, and know and have confidence that you're paying a correct, you know, how does how is influencer pricing work? So I, I have not really dove into the, the field of influencer marketing as much. Now I have a podcast and I know how podcasting marketing works. Uh, and it's kind of like on a CPM basis, which is, you know, cost per a thousand impressions. Is that similar to how you're paying influencers like uh, per a thousand impressions? Are you paying them on like a per like basis? Are they paid on a per uh, comment basis? Like how, how does an influencer I, I mean, this is a general standpoint. I, I mean, you don't have to go if it, if it gets too proprietary or something, you don't have to answer it all the way. But I'm just kind of curious, like on a general standpoint, how influencers get paid. I mean, I think it's a it's a negotiation often between the parties involved, and we see a lot of variability there. There are de- definitely a number of factors that influence that. Be it the um, for, for some example, what are the usage rights of the content that is being produced by the influencer? Um, are they just going to post it or do I get to use that in my own marketing materials? What is the period of exclusivity and how broad is that where the influencer is not going to talk about my competition? Um, and, um, like, are you asking for the influencer to show up somewhere in person and create a content, create, create content about some sort of experience, or are you just asking them to, you know, post from wherever they are? Right. And there's, there's differences in terms of the level of work and, um, commitment essentially, like how much do you, how much work and how much do you need from the influencer? Um, the other element to keep in mind is pricing also changes depending on what brand is involved and what product is involved. The same influencer may be asked to do the same thing for two different brands and for a brand that they, you know, maybe have been fans of forever, have been using forever versus a brand new brand that they haven't heard of, but they're excited to potentially try. That's a different situation and a different pricing, um, you know, uh, ask from, from the influencer. Um, part of what makes this, this industry really interesting is it's, it's about people. You have, you know, potentially, I mean, for some of the brands that we work with, they're working with thousands of influencers a month. 
Um, these are all relationships that need to be managed and you need to understand, you know, specific pieces of information about that influencer. Maybe when you've worked with them in the past, what was that performance? What was the pricing on that? What were the, you know, negotiated terms? Um, as well as maybe, you know, when is their birthday? When you should be shipping something to them um, and, you know, wishing them a happy birthday. So all of those pieces of information is, is super important and unique between the brand influencer relationship. Um, and that's actually something we've we've built um, into our platform as well. We have something called IRM influencer relationship management that allows you to collect and store unique pieces of data about an influencer so that it can enhance your relationship with them. You know, so you can remember, I mean, similar to how people use LinkedIn or Salesforce, like, so you can remember this, you know, little bits of information about an influencer. You may have met them at a at a launch event, or, um, you know, it could be someone that's already a customer of yours for many years. So you can use that as part of your influencer collaboration, um, yeah. and, and make it much yeah. more personal. Well, it definitely makes a big difference. If you have a, if you have a nugget of, uh, information, when I mean, if somebody reaches out to me on LinkedIn or, or, uh, or something and they, and we don't have that connection, you know, it's a lot, yeah, I'm probably not going to respond to them, but if it's like, Oh yeah, I met you somewhere and we had, you know, we had this in common. I remember this about you. It definitely yeah. makes it much more likely I'm going to send a response back. It's not any different in, in the influencer space. It's, you know, it's still about, you know, relationships between people, whether it's the marketer and the influencer or the influencer and their audience. So as a company, you, you help negotiate those contracts that I, I would take when you, you I mean, that's kind of your role is you're, you're finding the influencers, you're negotiating the deals. In some cases we are, but most, in most cases, um, the brands are using our platform directly and they are negotiating with the influencers, the terms of what, you know, what the collaboration. Okay. Yeah. So you're, you're connecting them and then they're doing, they're taking that role on. Yeah. We're giving them the tools to do that. Um, you know, in, as Nick referenced earlier in the cases where, you know, maybe a brand doesn't have as much of a built out in-house influencer team, we can be an extension, uh, of their team, so to speak, and help in those in, in those situations, but by and large, you know, it's mostly brands really um, connecting directly with the influencers. Got it. So what else, what else do I need to know about influencer marketing um, in 2019? Uh, so tell me, tell me some more, some other like nuggets about influencer marketing or where, where it's going. Like, I'd love to, I'd love to just hear, like, tell me about your business some more and, and some of these value bombs. <laughs> so I think one of the most exciting things that we're working on right now is um, we recently launched the IRM that Camille mentioned, which is really our um, initiative to focus more on long-term relationships. And what we're seeing is that in the past, people would want to do these one-off kind of campaigns to test out, oh, I saw, you know, I heard about influencer marketing on TV. I need to add that to my mix. And then what we're seeing now is more sophisticated brands are making this a core part of their strategy. Um, and that that's how they're really growing and, and resonating in the or in, in, in the space. So they are developing these lists of influencers, uh, databases of influencers that are quite large, and they're needing to track their performance and detailed metrics about what they're talking about, who else they're working with um, over not just months, but years. So <clears throat> we're kind of evolving our platform to accommodate that type of workflow and support those sorts of initiatives. So that's one thing that, that we're pretty excited about here. Um, what else do you want to add? 
I think the other thing that's exciting about the space right now is like the definition of an influencer is really changing. I mean, we touched upon this a little bit earlier, but you know, two or three years ago, it was the beauty YouTuber or the, you know, um, the fashion blogger. Um, and now you're seeing, you know, um, interior designers that, you know, essentially someone that has like some sort of real life relevancy as to why they have special access to create great content. So you could be an interior designer, you could be a dermatologist, you could be a real estate agent, um, you could be a celebrity hairstylist, right? And, and so you're able to essentially give your audience a peek into a world that they normally would not have access to. Um, we're seeing that becoming, um, you know, essentially like the, 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 who can identify as an influencer is really broadening. Um, and that also means from a brand perspective, you have a lot more, um, you have a lot of options in terms of how you might tap into, into your target audience and showcase your brand or product appropriately. Um, so that's interesting to us because, um, it, it makes, you know, it, it makes the, 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 the channel that is influencer marketing, I think less about just product placement, mm -hmm. but really much more about content, um, you know, and, and really about, you know, defined targeted audiences around that content. So that's, um, that's the other thing I would want to flag more broadly about the space. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's a rise in these smaller niche influencers for sure. Over the last few years, um, that's become pretty evident. So let's talk about influencers for a second here, actually. So what, what do you see, like, cause you work with a lot of influencers, what do you see are the characteristics of the, of the influencers that are actually gaining the most influence over an audience? Are you seeing that these are, I'm curious, this is kind of a different topic, but it's uh, cause I'm sure there's some listeners on here that are trying to become influencers on their own right now. And I'm wondering if there's, if there's any sort of uh, commonalities that you see about the, the ones that are, are having the most success. Are they just high energy, like charismatic people? I mean, is there anything that you've noticed that, um, that influencers do that others don't, or like, I don't know, do you have any, anything to add on that? It's interesting. I mean, the concept of like, which influencers will actually last and make it. Mm -hmm. um, so that is something that we've talked about, this concept of longevity in this space. Mm -hmm. There are a handful, you know, there's influencers that have gotten into this space maybe six, seven, eight years ago that are kind of like burnt out, essentially. Like, you know, you kind of have to keep up and create content constantly. Um, there are new creators, as you know, that are coming onto the scene. The ones that last, you know, you really have to enjoy the like the process of creating content, the process of engaging with your audience. Um, you cannot, you know, if you're just coming into this to see if you can monetize it, it's going to take quite some time to get to the point where there is a commercial opportunity for you. And so you really do need like the ones that have really broken out and are now, you know, have really built businesses on this. They really love creating that content. Yeah. Um, they love like, you know, they, they enjoy talking to their audience and you can see it. You can see the difference between the influencers that are constantly literally having a conversation with their audience in the comments, connecting different audience members with each other, um, things like that versus, you know, you're just posting a piece of content to get, you know, a, you know, a certain number of likes or comments. <laughs> so it's a different, you know, yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. a different, different approach. <laughs> willing to publish for quite some time and really like not get very much out of it. <laughs> and, and in order for you to push through, you know, um, you, you have to really enjoy it, I think. So I, it sounds very like, but basic, it's becoming, but... <laughs> it, it's, as you know, technology improves on our cameras and our phones, 
we noticed that um, the quality of the content that people are producing continues to improve. So in many ways, it's easier to produce excellent quality content these days. Um, And you have this ever increasing mark, you know, um, influencer sphere, right? So there's never been more competition than ever before. I like to compare (laughs) it to if you think about like restaurants in New York City, if you don't, uh, if you're not incredible, you, you, you kind of go out of business pretty quickly. So you end up with a lot of really good restaurants in New York City. And I think that's what's happening in Influencer right now is that you have tons of people competing. And, um, you know, th- as Kimi mentioned, the energy necessary to take it seriously is only sustainable if you're getting a lot of personal and financial reward out of it. So we're seeing like the quality increase and the, the results that you're able to drive increase over time because of that competition. And the, the one quality that really seems to make um, superstars is connecting with your audience. Um, you can't just post and walk away. You have to really engage with them and make them feel like a part of your, a part of your family, I guess. I don't know. Maybe that's a dramatic yeah. I mean, yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Yeah. And there's all sorts of ways to engage with your audience beyond just the post, um, beyond just engaging them on that post. Like we know, you know, there are influencers that have private Facebook groups of just their core most engaged fans. And on in those groups, it's not about monetizing that audience. It really is just to engage with, with their super fans, so to speak. So they're putting all this... So the influencers that are doing really well, they're putting all this work behind the scenes beyond what you see them posting on YouTube or beyond what you see posting on, on, you know, on Instagram. Um, so I think sometimes it's, it's, it's certainly, you know, it's an industry where it's very easy to say like, Oh man, like they get paid so much to, to post a selfie or whatever, but you know, there is a, a fair amount of work that, that goes into this, especially for those that, um, that are really, you know, that are really doing it. Yeah, it, it's a. I think it's a lot of work. I think they put in a lot of work, and they they're a little bit underappreciated mm-hmm. on, on the amount of work that they put in, because it's yeah, it's a grind to put out that much content every single day, all the time, and you have to always like kind of be on as a personality. Mm-hmm. So testing new channels, you know, making sure that you're aware of where else you might need to publish. You know, there's 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 a yeah. lot um, that 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 goes on. I guess that's why I like podcasting because there's still less than a million of us out there. Uh, <laughs> so it's a, it's a lot of influencers um, are doing podcasts nowadays. It's a really good way to to get that personal in your ear connection. Yeah, yeah that's the newer channels like TikTok, podcasts, email newsletters. There's a lot of different channels that we're uh, we're exploring as a company because we see influencers kind of you know jumping on board. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think uh, well, TikTok, I, I'm very interested in TikTok. That's something I'm following closely right now. I'm trying to, even though I, I don't, I don't particularly like the platform. But I mean, again, it's for the audiences. <laughs> uh, that's where I, I'm very interested in that. And I always look at like whenever these new opportunities emerge, that you're going to get the best value for your money in the early stages. So uh, I am, I am keeping my eye on that. But podcasting has been uh, has been pretty awesome, and it's it's definitely. A, I mean, it's still. I think it's not a newer platform, but it's, it hasn't been monetized as effectively until the last couple of years. I think they've now like started to bring advertisers on board and things like that much more efficiently. Yeah, yeah. So that's why that's yeah. why like the last couple of years have been more of like bigger for podcasting. Um, cool. Well, uh, I I think we're we're kind of getting toward the end of our our interview right now. Um, but tell me uh, tell me a little bit more about like how how can somebody work with you at 
activate, like for our listeners, if they want to get in touch with you, where are they going to get in touch with you? Um, what's the first step in that journey with you? Sure. Yeah. I mean, they can always come check out our website, activate.social. Um, through there, you can certainly reach out to us. Um, you know, we'll, you know, whether you're interested in accessing the platform or if you need help with uh, your influencer strategy, um, you know, someone on our team will always get back to you pretty quickly. Um, and then, you know, we're, we're on all the various social platforms as well. So we've had people reach out I would to hope us. So. Um, <laughs> social. <laughs> <laughs> very cool uh and let me ask you this so who um who's the who's your favorite influencer right now on the uh, out there <laughs> out there i don't know favorite you know i it's it's hard to say favorites but i will say that you know i've met a number you know a lot of creators over the years and um there are some that you know i'm just hugely impressed by in terms of just the sheer uh, the, like how much work and strategy goes into what they build and what they put out there. Um, so, you know, there are influencers like, you know, that, that have since built businesses on top of their content, right. Um, you have, you know, Emily Weiss who started out with into the gloss and now she has a huge, you know, direct to consumer beauty brand. Glossier. Um, skinny confidential is someone that I honestly, you know, I don't even know how I initially started following her, but she publishes on every single channel. Basically, she also has a podcast, um, but she is fantastic um, in terms of really talking to her audience. She's she's that example that I was thinking in my head when I, you know, she's someone that has those Facebook groups with her supercharged fans. She's someone that publishes on Snapchat, on her website, on Facebook, on Instagram, um, and she has a team. She's really built out um, like a media company. So. Um, she's also someone I think that, you know, is a powerhouse when it, when it comes to this space. Um, there's, you know, um, there, there's, there's so many creators, so I don't want to like, you know, go on and on, but, um, yeah. I, I have, my favorite is like, a, I'm a, I'm kind of, this is going to like put me in a box, but, um, it's a little bit strange. This guy, Andrew Camarada on YouTube, he has a, like a construction landscaping business and he always, and it just, I just totally love it. He's always working with like building a bridge or doing some crazy thing. I'm going to dig a hole and make a pond. And I, I just love that guy. <laughs> there you go. You can see how broad this space yeah, is. Yeah. It's, it's broad and different, different approaches. It's but it's good though. Cause people can like look at what's working. What can we model? And I, I'm a big believer that you can you can somewhat model you know uh, what what the successful influencer are doing. Obviously, you have to put a little bit of your own spin on it to to differentiate yourself. But uh, it's it's good to know what's working, you know who's doing well, and and then to try to you know replicate that success. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, any any uh, any last like nuggets of wisdom or any last uh, you know bit of advice you want to leave our listeners before we uh, before we finish off here. Last nuggets. I mean, something that I do always say is, you know, this is not different than on any other marketing channel. You have to test, you have to measure, like you can't just expect, you know, I think sometimes people come into influencer and expect like you work with an influencer and it's going to blow up your brand. Um, it really doesn't quite work that way. Um, you really have to be systematic and strategic about it. So that would be my last bit. I don't know, Nick, what do you, if yeah. you've if you've ever heard of influencer marketing and you find it interesting, give us a call. <laughs> I like that. We don't actually have a phone, so don't call us. You can email us. Emails. 
That's perfect. All right. Thank you. So Kim, you and Nicholas, thank you so much for being on the show. And, uh, and I hope to stay in touch and be in, uh, be in contact with you again soon. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time. Yeah. Thanks a lot for having us. It was fun. My thanks to our special guest this week. Thank you for being on with me and for this wonderful interview and uh, apologies for not having Andros here to, you know, ask the, the hard hidden question. Did I go too soft, Andros? You did, man. You did. But you know what? <laughs> you held it down. That's what I like about you, man. You can do it. I believe Somebody's got to hold down the fort when you're gone. That's right. That's right. Good job, brother. And uh, next week, we will come back with a... In fact, we have... uh, I'm back, and I have recorded uh, the brand new show with you, Justin. Um, And uh, yeah, back in business. It's exciting. We got got some fantastic guests coming up. We have some big names uh, coming up in the near future as well. They are highly secretive, highly classified. We cannot reveal that information. If we did, it would be fully redacted anyway, so... We're stuck. <laughs> and with that, please, uh, if you have any questions that you'd like to answer, uh, contact us. We would love to answer your questions on air. Leave us a review. Uh, it helps us out greatly. Tell 500 of your closest friends about us. And on and on. From all of us at Marketing Geeks, 